Hello and welcome to Never Heard of It, Yugoslav Edition. My name is Craig Moorhead, and I'm here today uh, for the 47th time with Sean T. Harwell. That's right. Do you know what the T stands for? What does the T stand for, Sean? The. Very nice. My middle name doesn't start with a T either. Oh, okay. So the whole thing was a lie? It was all a lie. I'm going to keep some mysteries out there. But, um,. Yeah, I think I should follow that up by saying, uh, why don't you come say hello to us? And you can use a fake name, too, to do so. We're on Twitter at Never Podcasts. We are on the web at NeverHeardPodcast.com. And in your hearts. Um, yeah, just all there up in your mind, in your soul. No, come say hello and make suggestions. I think we're going to do one of the movies you guys have suggested in our next full episode, which we'll talk about next time in our, in our mini episodes. Hope you've been listening to those and enjoying those. And uh, if you are and want to come leave a review at iTunes, that's always appreciated. It helps people find us. Craig, how are you? I'm doing all right, Sean. How are you? Not too bad. I'm, I got a little bit of a cold, but I got to mm-hmm. tell you, I'm really excited to hear you try to pronounce the names of the people that made the movie we're going to talk about today. <laughs> well, it won't be hard for me, Sean, because I naturally can just pronounce things perfectly. I uh, know, that's, that's why I said I'm yeah. excited. That's it. I have no nerves about it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're going to talk about a movie from 1988 called Time of the Gypsies. Mm-hmm. That's not the original title. The original title is Dames of Versange, which is a perfect pronunciation, by the way. Did you see what that literally uh, translates to, by the way? I did not. Uh, according to Wikipedia, I, that is home for hanging, which kind of relates to the, you know. Man. That makes sense to the movie. Yeah. And a great title, by the way. It, it, it is a great title. I kind of mm-hmm. wish they went with that. Although, uh, I mean, Time of the Gypsies certainly uh, yeah, that's a good sells one. it. You can see why some American uh, marketer said, oh, well, it's about it's kind of about time of the gypsies. So let's call it time of the gypsies. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, it's time of the gypsies time. Okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, this is a movie that was selected as the Yugoslav entry for the best foreign language film at the 62nd Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, was apparently not accepted as a nominee. Weird. It was also nominated for the Palme d'Or at, at uh, Cannes that year. Cans, Con Cans, and. Uh, <laughs> But he won apparently best director, mm-hmm. according to Sean. So, um, so what I'm trying to say is, this movie is no slouch. Directed by Emir uh, Kusturica. Again, according to Sean, <laughs> according to New York Times. Yeah, don't blame me. Blame the Times. It yeah. looks like Costa Rica. That's what I've heard. It is, and that's all I want to say is Emir Kusturica. Yeah. So we're gonna use both, I think. Yeah, let's do that. Let's call him Amir. We'll call him Amir, as if we're familiars. <laughs> call him M. Uh, it was released in 1988 in Yugoslavia. It was released February 9th, 1990, in the United States, uh, and uh, is generally uh, well uh, thought of by critics and uh, audiences alike, as far as I know. Um, Sean, how did you feel upon your first watching this film? Ooh, Craig, I was kind of um, kind of blown away in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this movie fascinated me from start to finish. This is mm-hmm. a long movie. It's it's pushing two and a half hours, a little under. Mm-hmm. But wow, what a um, what a strong presence um, from the filmmaker. You can see the hand um, a little yeah. bit here and there from the director, and just the fingerprints are all over this thing. I I think. It is two thirds of a great movie and one third of a yeah familiar movie that I didn't expect necessarily, and that was the last I say third of this movie. Still, that said, really enjoyed it overall. Really uh, happy to have seen a movie by this director. I was familiar with the name, clearly not familiar with this movie at all. Had never heard of this. And uh, glad you brought it to my attention. Now, how long has this been on your radar, and how long have you been thinking about watching this? 
Well, uh, a friend of mine, we'll call him Matt. Let's do it. Recommended that I watch. So we're, we're agreed on that. We can call him Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pronounced okay. Miet. <laughs> yeah, yes, Miet. Uh, he suggested that I watch this probably somewhere in the... <laughs> Somewhere around maybe 15 years ago, maybe more than that. Oh, well, you I jumped on it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so I jumped Real timely response. on it. It's an odd thing because this particular friend, uh, pretty much everything he's ever uh, suggested I, I check out has always completely been a mind blower as this turned out to be as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, and it was one that, that just every now and again I'd remember, oh, wait, I haven't seen that. And a part of it was always that it was a little hard to find because really what I wanted was I wanted to find it on a Blu-ray and watch it yeah. like in all its glory. And I didn't want to watch it in some terrible uh, format or something. But um, but yeah, it finally popped into my head again and I went searching for it and I found it in a few places and I was like, all right, it's, it's, it's time to do this because I've always been fascinated by it. Let me re- just read the... the um, Synopsis of that. Yeah, go for it. This is this is from Wikipedia, and and I mean, and I read this synopsis of the movie a long time ago, not on Wikipedia, but I mean a synopsis, and yeah, it just it just always intrigued me. So the film revolves around Perhan, a Rome. I'm I'm calling him Perhan. Perhan, maybe. Perhan. Uh, I Perhan. 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 Perhan, Thank you. Uh, As I said, first time, first time, every time. That's me. Uh, the film revolves around Perhan, a Romani teenager with telekinetic powers and his passage from boy to man that starts in a little village in Yugoslavia and ends in the criminal underworld of Milan. Uh, film deals with magic, uh, magic realism. So, Very true. Yeah, Very so true. I was like, oh, that sounds great. And if Matt thinks it's amazing, Miet, <clears throat> Miet thinks it's amazing, then that's going to be a good time no matter what. So then I woke up 15 years later, and I said, let's watch this. Um, and yeah, I mean, my my response to it was, yeah, uh, very much the same as yours. I mean, this is it's one of those movies where, in the wrong hands, none of this would have made any sense. Yeah. And and in these hands, like, everything about it, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, my favorite, like, Michelle Gondry stuff or, mm-hmm. or stuff like that, where it's like, Somehow it just all makes sense. Whatever the dream logic is, it makes perfect sense. And and even if it doesn't make perfect sense, it's still it's still carrying you on on some kind of vibe that that I don't know that just holds it all together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a really it can be a really funny film. It can be a very intense film. It's, it, it gets very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it kind of covers all those bases. Um, I thought it was pretty great. Uh, although I, I did I did feel kind of the same as you, not getting to specifics, but toward the end it was kind of kind of the same thing where I, I it started to feel familiar. Whereas yeah, the first two thirds were not familiar at all. Like I was seeing things I felt like I'd never seen before in a way. Right. Relationships I hadn't seen, a, a world I really hadn't seen. I was just completely fascinated by it. And then yeah, in that last two thirds, it's like, oh, it's it's this story. Um, uh, not not that it really takes anything away from it, but um, but yeah. But I, no, I, I think you're mean. right. I mean, I, and I think um, part of what becomes familiar is actually pretty interesting when you think about it because it is about a character kind of trying to rise out of poverty essentially right and like you know not knowing that synopsis maybe does me a disservice when i'm watching it because like yeah i wasn't was not expecting the criminal underworld of milan and we're talking criminal underworld really it's just about like guys who um have a group of beggars that work for him yeah you know and, and you know begging change off of tourists and and people walking the streets of Milan. So Well and like and like selling babies and, and Yeah, you know, I mean there's that if you have to and that to, kind of stuff. Yeah, when you yeah. peel back the layers, there's a lot of Correct. that. Um but you know, it it really is about the story of a boy kind of becoming a man, essentially, you know, that kind of like classic coming of age. But I, I'm with you. I mean as far as 
thinking about this in terms of it's almost like it hits all the right notes of what I want, you know, specifically from a a foreign film, but almost like any film. But yeah, it's it's funny, it, it extremely funny in places. Um, sad, you're seeing a world I've you, you've never seen before, and like this, it throws you right in it. I mean, like those that mm-hmm. opening sequence, which is a ton of just fluid camera work in the nastiest, muddiest, like little shanty town um, that you've ever seen. It was amazing. And, you know, seeing these guys playing cards and like moving from character to character, like all that stuff, like you're just immediately put in it. And the filmmaking is so good. Like I just, you know, like watching some of the stuff and thinking like, how the hell did did they have a steady cam or like a, they're not yeah. setting up dolly tracks in this nasty nasty mud no. like how do you do this um just really really impressive execution and then also i think some really really strong performances but people i have no clue who they are and like i'm reading like mm-hmm. i guess a lot of them are non-professionals you know and mm-hmm. uh just just amazed by that i mean i i think there's a bit of a, uh, again, like part of what goes wrong, I think, in the third act is sticking to that casting a little bit because some time lapses, but these very young people still look very, very young, you know. Uh, sure. Specifically, I'm thinking of Pearhan's sister, Danira, who I think there's like a time lapse of four years where, like, literally that actress looks the exact same. And, you know, at that age, like, she's like 12 or something. You know, yeah. the appearance between 12 and 16 is very, very different for anybody, for any kid, you know. Sure. So there, there's a little of that. But that said, like, they're great performances and, like, not just, you know, they're crying and, like, you know, doing all this, a lot of difficult stuff to do. And um, mm-hmm. I just, just was floored by that. Um, I don't know, like, that, that synopsis to me, it does raise the question about the tene- telekinetic thing. And I, I don't like if you're hearing about this movie for the first time and noticing that because it's meant to stand out. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Don't dwell on that. Like that's not this movie. It is. That is a yeah. very it's super not, small part. No. Right. Although he does have the power. Like most of this power comes through him, like moving can soup cans and forks and, and spoons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's very similar. Like I did think of Kiri. But it does, it's not a big part of the plot. Like, it's definitely, like, I thought of, you know, if you've read magical realism stuff, and, like, I think um, Gabriel Marquez is mentioned in the IMDb's, like, notes or whatever. Um, That's kind of what you're talking about here. It's, like, a very, very real glimpse of a world that has these little flourishes of non-reality. And, you know, having watched the whole thing, yeah, I was going to ask you, what the hell was that about that he could move forks and stuff with his mind and yet I kind of don't care like I don't need an answer you know because that's not what the movie is about that said Craig what was that about him moving forks and stuff with his (laughs) mind (laughs) young pair him well I will say I mean that to me that was that had more to do maybe with uh, you know there's there's a, a certain amount of magic that maybe Runs in his family. Right. Because his grandmother seems to be a healer. She seems to heal a child. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, although we we kind of don't know what was wrong with the child, aside from it was choking. Yeah. And then, I mean, did, did she bring the child back to life, or was the child just lethargic after having choked? Uh, <laughs> it, it certainly seems it like winded. she... Actually, exactly. She actually brought him back, but but yeah, yeah we can I see that so. he can move things with his mind. He can't move amazing things with his mind. Uh, he, you know, he's he he doesn't. Uh, he's not a Jedi. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, but he does it, for instance, to impress a girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, when else does he he use that early on? Like, or, or well, and, and to uh, to prove to the. Uh, who, what do they call him? The, the Gypsy Sheik Ahmed, Ahmed to prove yeah. to this important guy in the community that you know that he's a I don't know a worthwhile boy or something that he can he can make a spoon stick to the wall and move up the wall. Yeah, and, and Ahmed's not even like terrified of it. 
No. He's sort of just like, oh, good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, everybody kind of just accepts it, accepts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of very normal magic. Yeah. Well, and then it does play a part in, I think, the climax of the movie. Um, yes. In that relationship between Ahmed and uh, and Perahan and, and, and how that kind of comes to a head. But, uh, yeah, again, like, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, an interesting layer to this. Like, it felt organic to this environment, if that makes sense. And yet, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't even really think about the grandmother, but you're right. And I think that is the only other sort of thing that you could point at as being kind of otherworldly. Um, yeah. And again, sort of questionably so, but interestingly so. I mean, I, I thought that's a great, great character, you know, this grandmother who is sort of, uh, you know, she's the head of this, this I mean, it's like a ragtag family. And it was a little confusing to me at first to figure out the family line here. But basically, um, your main character, Perhan, um, is, I, what is he, like 16, 17 at the start of the film? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that age, range. Um, he's like wearing a toboggan hat and got glasses on that one side. One of the lenses is like covered up in paper or something. <laughs> I don't know. Seems so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like a complete reject. Um, but a very, you know, immediately sympathetic character. You know, he's you see him tending to his sister, Danira, who's younger. Again, probably maybe 12. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't quite know what the condition was with her leg, but she had some sort of bone disease, I think. They do mention it at the hospital, although the name slips in my mind. And then we we come to learn that maybe that hospital should not be trusted. But um, she's in a lot of pain. And, you know, here's this this, this really weird-looking dude who I kept thinking, like, this guy is like the Yugoslavian, um, and I know Yugoslavia is not a country because I looked it up on Wikipedia today, but um, <laughs> did you ever think about Adam Driver when you're watching this movie? <laughs> like, looking at this kid. A little kid, bit, yeah. I can yeah, he kind that. of, yeah. It's like Adam Driver and uh, I thought, like, Harmony Corinne and young Dustin Hoffman. Like, if you could put them sure. in a Yugoslavian blender, this is the actor that plays Pierhan. Um uh, yeah, and I, I would definitely say Harmony Corinne has probably seen this movie a, a number of times. Oh, yeah, probably, for I sure. Yes. Um, but, you know, he plays the accordion for her, and he's very gentle, and mm-hmm. that compares greatly with the sort of, uh, you know, I hate to even call him a father figure, but the man of the house, who I thought immediately was Pirahan's father, is the guy, um, boy, help me with his name. Merzan. Merzan. Very good. Thank you. And he's the guy you see in the opening sequence playing cards and losing everything. Like, he's got a yes. terrible gambling problem. Lots of debts. Uh, he drinks too much. He does a killer Charlie Chaplin impression many times. He does. Um, he does. He gets the last frame of the movie, which I thought was interesting. The last shot is him. Yeah. Um, didn't expect that. But I believe he is Perhan's uncle, correct? That's right. Okay, and I think he's an uncle by marriage, right? Or no? I didn't catch that, but that, that is was very what possible. I, that's where I was a little confused. Is he the grandmother's son, or because there's a look, you know, there's a little talk of Perahan and Daenerys mother, but she's clearly not there, right? And so, yeah, uh, 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 the grandmother is basically running this family. They live in a very teeny tiny house that will, true to the original title, at one point be hung from a rope over some power Which lines. amazing. Yeah, when Murdzon gets uh, drunk, and, or not drunk, but he's like in a bad, bad situation where he's basically gambled away all his clothes in the mm-hmm. middle of a pouring rainstorm and is demanding that the money, uh, the, the grandmother and, and Perhan produce money that he thinks they have. And mm-hmm. so to get it, he pulls the, uh, the frame of the house off of the ground so that they get soaked. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's one of those things I think you got to see to um, really appreciate. Like, uh, it's just yeah. it's a great, like, practical effect that, um, I don't know, I kind of wonder if that actually ties into any sort of, like, the Chaplin stuff. You know, what's, what is that freaking, uh, the Alaskan Chaplin movie? I'll have to look it up. I can't remember it. Uh, Gold Rush? I don't know. There's one that very prominently maybe, features, yeah, like, a house falling over. Yeah. Well, and, and you, and you got to think, in that moment, like, just before that, yeah, he comes into the house in his underwear because he's lost everything in his mm-hmm. card games. And he's threatening, I think, the grandmother with a knife at some point. 
Yeah. Like, there's yeah, a point where it's, it's pretty intense and it's pretty scary and he seems really desperate. Mm-hmm. And then his last... And, and then he then he tr- he starts tearing the place apart to find money, and then his last desperate <laughs> act is to exactly to uh, pull this house up into the air and suspend it. So yeah, so it, it was just just absolutely the the I, I I couldn't even imagine that that would have been the ending of that scene. Yeah, it's a great sequence. I mean, and then he's just yeah. singing, and there's also I should point out like. The way the movie started, I totally expected that this was going to be our main character. Um, yeah. You know, and it kind of made sense. It's like, okay, well, here, here's a male in his 30s or whatever, and he's clearly interesting. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by Western standards, that's your lead, right? You know? <laughs> so that's right. another thing that, like, I, I, I felt like this movie kind of, again, satisfying what I like about foreign films is knowing that they're not going to kind of follow that format. And this one does right. Um, well, and it's also kind of the pleasure of being able to watch a movie where no one is a star necessarily. Yeah, exactly. So you you kind of just got to figure it out for yourself. You know, like it, mm-hmm. you can go any way you want. For sure. And um, yeah, I, I I thought it was a great decision to to make it Pierre Hunt's movie. I mean, I'm like instantly <laughs> kind of uh, endeared with this character who is. Um, you know, a little naive, and when this girl Azra shows up and is like asking him about what he knows about kissing, and all he wants to do yeah. is talk about the process by which they make limestone and sell it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this very beautiful little girl, you know, of like 16, yeah. 17, um, is, is clearly making it known that she's interested in him, and he's just not picking up on the signals. And then, you know, later he does. Uh, there's the great pet turkey. That they have, yes. and uh, some really good. Just like I don't, you know, we have a ton of turkeys around here in our neighborhood and stuff, and uh, those things are stubborn as hell. It seems like so. I was really impressed by that. Just the animal work yeah. with the turkey in that movie. Um, but uh, in quick succession, you find out that um, Pearhan has intentions to marry Azra, and uh, her mother wants absolutely nothing to do with that idea because yes. uh, he has no money and um, he never will and he's a, a kid with glasses with one of the lenses covered up by paper and he has a pet turkey so you can understand as a parent I think <laughs> she's a little harsh I think mm-hmm. in her rejection of the idea but uh, understandable nonetheless a little bit and, well, and I would also say yeah. that 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 such uh, passionate displays are uh, pretty constant throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, very seldom are there calm conversations. I feel like no. that don't somehow at some point become a screaming match. And 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 to me at least, the fact that they don't really become shrill, but are always very interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean. Uh, is, is how great was amazing. that? Uh, how great was the shot of uh, the Azra's mother being hung up on the hook by her husband? <laughs> yeah, who, who, who kept who kept uh, hiding his cigarette in his mouth? Yeah, Fantastic. for some reason. And, and yeah, but yeah, hung her up on a hook as she's still like yelling and and trying to slap him and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, like you could probably, if you wanted to get all uh, graduate student on it, you could write a theme about like domesticity in this environment because the movie does open, I forgot, like it opens on the back of a woman uh, in a wedding dress and she turns around and like her, her new bride or her new groom is passed out drunk in a wagon that they're carrying around. She's furious and like slapping yeah. the shit. And that she ruined, ruined their day. She ruined the yeah. wedding day, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of a through line I hadn't thought about. But I was going to say the Azra Pearhan relationship I loved. I thought mm-hmm. that's kind of what this movie was going to be, although I was going to stay contained to the uh, the um, Bosnian environment there mm-hmm. that they in their gypsy compound of sorts, and that 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 was where the plot was going to play out. So it took a bit of a left turn to me when it when Pirahan, um after the grandmother has healed. You know the the village um, strongman's child, mm-hmm. um, and in return, 
this guy is saying he will pay for uh, De Niro, the daughter, to have the surgery on her leg that she needs, right? Uh, Perhan wants to go with her to look over her. That's his like most precious connection in life is this girl. And ask Azra to wait for him to stay faithful and he'll be back as soon as he can. And um, that's where the movie kind of goes into this other realm. Yes. And actually, let me just take one step back. Yeah. Because we've we, we've moved over one thing that I thought was incredible. Oh man, there's a thousand things. I mean, there's so there many. Are a like I really incredible. to me like that is where the movie excels is in that section. I mean, there's so yeah. much good flavor to it. But yeah, by all means, name what stood well, out to yeah. you. There's a bit that happens at something known as the Feast of Saint George. Oh yeah, where. Everyone is gathered in a river. And all I could think at the end of that scene, once I kind of thought back on it, was, can you imagine setting up that scene? I no. mean, you've got, you got this shot of this river going, I don't know, I, I don't want to say a mile maybe, but, but maybe close to it, or, or I don't know, maybe more. I'm terrible at guessing distances. But a very, <laughs> a very long way, like you've got this, you've got this uh, high-angle shot of this river, People are gathered in it. They're on these structures. Uh, way, way back, you've got people like swinging fire around. Yeah. Some people are in the river up to their waist. Some people are on floating rafts. And also, there, there's several uh, fires going on torches and people swinging things around. And it's it's just insane and amazing to look at. And, and that beautiful. is uh, also a point where um, it seems like Azra and Perhan get busy. Um, yep. and but it's also done in just like I don't know it's it's done in such a nice sort of gentle way yeah um, except you never for see the fact them. that yeah. while that's happening these two younger kids <laughs> espy what's going yeah. on the best and 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 this is one of the, my favorite parts of the movie mm-hmm. where it's it's sort of a a very young girl and maybe a boy who's a little older than her. And they're watching, and at some point, the little girl just turns to the boy, looks at him, and just smacks him in the face and walks yeah, away. That's great. That, <laughs> that was that was so amazing. Killed me. Um, yeah. But that but that whole sequence, it's it's uh, very beautiful. There's there's tons more stuff like it in the movie, but I I couldn't skip over that. That was just um, that's just kind of an image I I will always think of when I think about this movie. But no, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, go ahead. I was just I was just gonna say like that whole sequence made me think of uh, like somebody like Werner Herzog. He was like I've seen more mm-hmm. of his stuff than this is my first Costa Rica, Costa Rica film. Costa Rica. Um, yeah, sorry. But you know maybe there's like a, a spiritual brethren there. I mean I've just mm-hmm. like get me as many people as you can, put them in the river, get some fire. Like you know I'm filming it. Like yeah. this is gonna happen. You know. Um, yeah. You just sense that attitude from the filmmaker when, when watching that sequence. It's such a good, good scene and handled yeah. sweetly and mm-hmm. gently. And um, you just, I mean, just a great button on the whole thing with those two kids. Like, I totally agree. Uh, it is. Fant- like, that to me is one of like the, uh, a handful of scenes that will really stick, it, stick in my memory, I think. Yeah. You, you, you got to check it out, even if it's just for that. But. Really, if you get to that point, you're probably going to watch the whole movie anyway. Yeah. But, so then, yeah, so uh, Perhan takes Danira and they travel off with this band of gypsies to uh, Ljubljana. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the way there, Danira seems to see the ghost of their mother. Yeah, the veil. Flying right. above mm. the trailer that they're riding in. And there's a it, she's in a wedding dress it seems she's got a veil, uh, uh, you know she she tells Perhan that that the mom is there. Perhan doesn't seem to really actually see her, no. but then you kind of see this veil sort of fly off into the darkness, and then yeah, so they get to this hospital, and Danira is understandably very concerned with what's uh, going on. She uh, tells Perhan she, she he must stay with her. You gotta stay with me. He promises he'll stay with her, and of course that promise is broken almost immediately. And, yeah. And Ahmed, the 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 gypsy sheik, who is funding this whole thing, says you can't uh, 
you know, you can't go in there with the doctors and then and then and they're wheeling her down this hallway. And I mean, and that was really the moment when they're wheeling her down the hallway and she's saying, you know, she's kind of calling his name and is looking promise. at him and he can't go. You yeah, promise, you promised, yeah. you promised. And all I could think was, Oh man, they're not gonna fix her leg. Like that's like right then I was just yeah. like, This is bad mm-hmm. and 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 just kind of horrifying and, and you know and I don't know, what do you do if you're Parahan? Like what do you really do? I mean, because the the point that that everybody else is making is is valid. Like, yeah, you're healthy. What are you gonna do? They're just gonna let you stay at the hospital for you know a couple of days? Yeah. Well, you know, no. Um, I mean, he has no longer. means. Like, he has, he has no no money. means. And so here's a temptation of come to Italy, make some money. You know, come back. It'll be fine. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I, I kind of bought all of that. You know. Sure. Um, and and went along with it, and then they get to Italy, and it's just. I mean, when you talk about like crime, like I, I mean, I, I love that it it is of the level that it is. It's like mm-hmm. they pull into a like a dusty ass parking lot, dirt lot somewhere, and there's just you know the Sheik's car. There's an awesome looking bus of some kind, and a mm-hmm. little RV, like a little mobile home, little camper that they're towing around. Yeah. Um, you got a little person. You've got Ahmed's. Uh, well, those are his brothers, right? The other two guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a second, I thought they were his son. But um, and then this like group of misfits and beggars and and all these things, and you get the, you know, yeah, Ahmed isn't on the level, but the way he's making his money is like really shitty. <laughs> like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's you know. He's he's uh, you know the king of a very small castle in this little shanty town, but yes. in this world, really, he's no, he's nothing. Like it's nothing, you yeah. know. They're, they're, and they're stealing and so on just to maintain this level, yeah. of lifestyle. Yeah, right. Um, and so you know, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. I do have a question because you know initially Perhan resists all of this. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's just there to do something honest he thinks you know if there's work to come by that does not require him stealing anything I think he's up for that but uh, th- he didn't sign up for this and there comes a moment where you know Ahmed is is having all these kids turn out their pockets and there's a woman there and all this stuff you know I, th- I think there's a you know there's some prostitution involved um, but they think Pirahan has money that he's not handing over, and so they're like holding him down, taking his clothes off. What the hell? There's like a moment where somebody goes and gets something, and then they look like this green vial thing, where they're shaking it over what looks to be uh, his his penile region, and he's penile. screaming in pain. What was going on there? I don't know. I mean, my yeah. mind immediately just thought. You know, they're like, uh, I don't know, hot peppers or something in there. Yeah, I didn't quite but, follow but that. I, I, yeah, I, I honestly had no clue outside of okay. it. It was just, they were pouring something there and it seemed painful, but I I don't know what that was. Yugoslavian hot sauce. Yugoslavian um, hot sauce. <laughs> Might as well be. You know, I think he's got no options, basically. And so yeah. he kind of goes out and learns to ply the trade, but, you know, we see that he's secretly stashing money in a way and hiding it in town. And, um, yeah, soon enough, there's a falling out, I think, with the sons. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in no short order, does does Pirhan kind of become the number two guy? Right. And uh, I didn't quite understand what happened when the Irfan character, I think it was him, um, threw something at Ahmed. And then Ahmed, I don't know if he, did he have a heart attack or a stroke or what? Oh, so uh, some, Irfan, yeah. So, so right. So, they, so they thought he was holding money, withholding money. Yeah. My thought was this: they thought they, they thought he was withholding money. He was sure they were going to kill him, probably. Right. So he takes uh, what I think was just a big uh, hot water. Okay. Device. I mean, that one guy looked like he got burned for sure. Yeah. So he threw it on him. Thanks. And took off, and Ahmed's freaking out about it so hard that I think he had a stroke. I didn't think it was actually okay. a heart thing. Yeah, we asked for blood later, pressure like his, medication. His, his face is all kind of messed up and everything. Yeah. So I thought it was a. I thought I thought basically that he had a stroke at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of that is just like. 
again, it's a little familiar as far as like the hierarchy of mm-hmm. the crime world. You know, where the guy on top usually doesn't stay on top. Right. You know, I feel like we've seen that before. But again, it's filtered through a really cool, <laughs> unusual yeah. world. You know, even within this environment, there's that kid that the grandmother saved who is, yep. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that was not, was that a biological child of Ahmed? That was, right? But there were those twin I babies. I think he was, yes. But then yeah, they, in the car they bought they, some other babies or something. Yeah, which is awful. Yeah. But the biological child, yeah, Roberto or Robert or whatever, he's just like the whole time walking around in what looks like a little fur coat for babies yeah. with like no clothes on. Just otherwise he's, naked, uh, right. Which is yeah, how hilarious. I aspire to be someday. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I know. That's what I'm aiming for. And I love too that he's got this little toy bunny that plays music. And like even the music in a toy bunny is really sad. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah. I remember. <laughs> I was like, like wow. give this to a kid. Like, it was just like, want to slit your throat listening to this damn bunny music. <laughs> um, so, I mean, again, there's just all these details. One thing that I, I did love, and like, you know, I, I, the plot didn't qu- quite, you know, in, in, envelop me kind of the way the first half did in this mm-hmm. section. And this is when I started noticing things like, holy cow, like, look how often. Um, he uses weather in this movie. I mean, did you notice? Like, there's yeah. so much rain and oh, yeah. wind. There's snow. I mean, there's all of that. And it feels real. It looks pretty real. I don't, you know, maybe the snow isn't, but um, it's just great. Like, I remember watching this this video on YouTube. I can't remember who did it. And apologies to the person. But they kind of talked about Kurosawa, like, having these, these various elements, you know, in any scene. And, like, usually there's, like, a, a, a weather element, you know, mm-hmm. and um, all this stuff. And I was like, ah, there's always something going on in the background. Um, there's just all these things that, like, you you know, if you get lost in the story a little bit, like, just pay attention to, like, what this guy is putting in the frame. Like, it's it's yeah. incredible. It's really, really impressive. And and even that, I mean, from, from the weather elements to I mean think about all the animals that he has in the movie oh man yeah and and how they have to be trained to some extent I mean that turkey was doing stuff that I mean maybe (laughs) they just shot for days to try and get the turkey to do the right thing but man I doubt it yeah like there's some there's some yeah there's some pretty intricate scenes that involve a turkey and I didn't think I'd ever say that but that is the truth yeah for sure um should we just spoil the ending oh absolutely Okay. You know, I, yeah, I think well, in, in a weird way, the ending is the least interesting part. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, in like, some ways, yeah. I don't know if you yeah, can really like, spoil it. Don't come for the ending. Right. But um, at a certain point, Pirahan is sent back uh, to Yugoslavia, A, to get a new wife for Ahmed, because he's getting kind of tired of the current one he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he has, which is amazing. Um, B, to get more beggars, to kids that will work for him mm-hmm. by force, basically. Yep. Um, and then uh, I don't think there was anything. He basically lies to him and tells him not to go uh, find Anira. Or does he tell him? Well, he says, he don't, tell him. don't worry about Danira. Okay, yeah. And also, yeah. like, he's he's had this, like, running guys that he's been building Pirahan a, a house right beside mm-hmm. his own house in their shanty town. And uh, he tells him not to go up there. You know, the lawyers say it's, you know, it's not wise, blah, 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 to be seen up there. I don't know. Some bullshit yeah. reason. But, of course, like, Pirahan immediately goes back to this town and, like, you know, he he's, wants to see Azra, 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 Azra. And da-da-da, finds out that she's knocked up. Yep. Uh, Azra's mother, who is all too happy to accept Pirahan now that he has money to offer, that money that he stashed away in Italy secretly, um, mentions that you know she was unfaithful while he was gone, and she was unfaithful with his uncle. Uh, what the hell was I get? Merzan was that his name? Merzan, yeah. yeah. Uh, and naturally, Pirahan is kind of pissed about that. Yep. Uh, immediately assumes that that is all true. And wants nothing to do with Azra. He gets completely blitzed. The grandmother shows up and um, is extremely disappointed in what she sees that her favorite grandchild has become. And, like, that scene is kind of heartbreaking, I thought. It's you so know? heartbreaking. That grandmother yeah. is great. I mean, all She's the acting really, is really great really in good. it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way they've built her, the, the way they build her in the first half and... Uh, 
you know, when, when she has to say goodbye to Daenerys because she can't travel with them, and I mean, just just the character that she is, and then seeing her come in and and realize that like Perhan is 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 slipping down that slippery slope yeah. to Satan. Anyway, Satan. but she, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yes, agreed. Very heartbreaking. Yeah, and also like, man, if you've ever tried to write an interesting grandmother character, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not easy to do, but like this, I think, you know, she's kind of just real and like natural and, you know, I don't know, like I don't feel like they did anything extraordinary to make her unique, I guess, beyond Mm -hmm. that sort of healing thing. But again, that felt organic to this environment, but uh, she's just really, really good. And uh, Perhan does eventually agree to marry Azra. Um I can't remember what the circumstance was exactly behind that. There was some deal he had in place. The hell was that? Do you remember? Wait, wait. What was this? What was he? He agreed to marry Azra. He agreed to marry Azra, but they were going to sell the child because it wasn't his. They were going to sell the child. Yeah. That's right. Because like so he's suddenly so, they're getting married. Yeah. yeah. He's been and so tainted by Ahmed that he's going to do that, which and she's saying yeah. the whole time, it's not his kid. It's yours. Yeah, it's it's like, yours. It's, it's, it's yours. And, and she says it's it's from the time they did it at the Feast of St. George. Yeah. And she's pregnant, which, which yeah, yeah, uh, is is believable. I mean, within the movie. Yeah. There's nothing to, to say that that's not true. You have no reason to really believe that she's, I don't hop it in the sack with anybody. But yeah, exactly. He's he's very tainted um, by all of that. By yeah, relationship with his uncle and by I was gonna say by the uncle for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't yeah, seem he, doesn't seem out of place to expect that his uncle would have tried to make that happen. Right, and she does. I think she did sleep with it. I mean, but you know, it may have been more of a forced situation by Mirzan than than Azra for sure. Yeah. Um, but they get married. They go back to Italy. Um, they do bring other kids with them. A um, mm-hmm. very uncomfortable car shot there. And uh, you just there's like all those like little tender moments where it seems like, and you just want you're like desperate for Pirahan to just talk to Azra and yeah. come to accept that what she's saying is the truth. And you get really really close. Um, and but you don't quite get there, and like to the point, like when they finally get to to Italy and they're settling up right back at the at Ahmed's camp, and like he's like, "No, don't worry, we're gonna sell this kid. You and I will have another one of our own." So like he's almost like he's turned the corner a little bit to like, okay, well we'll at least have another kid of our own. Like I can right. agree to that, but we're gonna get rid of this one and like. She walks off. She has the. She goes into labor. She has a baby. You get another kind of moment of uh, magical realism where she kind of floats above the ground as she's giving birth. Yeah. And uh, classic tragedy, man. She dies right there after childbirth. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. In this moment, when she floated up in the air, did you think that Perhan had something to do with that? I did. That didn't cross my mind, but that's interesting. Okay. See that? That's I exactly thought it was, thought was kind happening. of a uh, okay. And I thought because she was still in her wedding dress that that was some sort of play on the vision that Daenerys had had mm-hmm. of their own mother floating in the air in that the wedding dress. Yeah. Um, I, w- I don't know why that, he would no, pick her up know. with his mind. I mean, it's, it, it does, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, gravity when you're giving birth, you just you know if you can like be above the ground, maybe there's like uh, is less less stress on the body in zero g's. Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. I, I clearly know nothing about the female body. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was a sad moment. I mean, I think I was still holding out hope for them in some capacity, you know. Right. And yeah, it does exactly. kind of... I mean, that's... And that yeah. is really... Yeah, that's, that's definitely the emotional core right there. Hold uh-huh. on one second. I have a night visitor. Uh, hold on one second. Ooh. What's wrong? You want water? way too late for water right now. Just like... Okay. Well, go get some water. Alright. Chocolate milk! Chocolate milk! <laughs> She's gonna make a milkshake, isn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, so, um... 
after she died um I, mean, I do think the resolution then makes sense mm-hmm. but at that at that point were you expecting any sort of um i guess happy resolve or or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a happy circumstance for Pierhan to ultimately be in at the end of this movie? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As as, so- as soon as she was dead, yeah, it was clear there wasn't really a happy ending to be had, uh, unless. Well, I mean, she had the baby, so that could be something. Well, That's he could true. find he could find Denira, which he which he ends up doing, but but uh, but yeah. Not, not really. Not the way that relationship was set up. I mean, let's remember he was at the beginning of the movie. He was trying to hang himself uh, because the mother would not let him yes. marry Azra. And, and he was I doing loved it in a that most scene, by the way. way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he hangs himself on a church bell, and uh, every time he falls down, the bell goes back up, and it's just going up and down. <laughs> and so good. I mean, it's like almost like Harold and Maude kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. But now everything has become a lot more serious. Like, at that point, you're laughing at a suicide, and now it's just, like, deadly serious now. Like, that was was his, I don't know, biggest reason for happiness was her. And, like, that had just been souring so hard just because of his own outlook on things. And, uh, obviously, her passing away doesn't help. And I think that might have a lot to do, actually, with me kind of not loving this last act of the movie... Mm-hmm. It's almost like a damned if you do situation where he did such a good job of like pairing this actor with this role for the naive like young guy who's like this like poor downtrodden kid who's gentle with his sister and falls in love with this girl mm-hmm. and has a pet turkey. Like that's such a likable character. Yeah. It is, it is hard to watch him kind of turn into a bad guy. I mean, this is almost yes. like the breaking... Like, it's... I kept thinking about The Godfather, you know, or, yeah. or uh, you know, the Pacino character. And I, 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 it feels like there's, like, some homages to that a little bit, even just, like, the dress and stuff like that. Sure. Um, you know, you're watching a guy, like, a really good kid become a villain, in a way. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's, you know, that's that's tough at the end of the day if you if you really like the kid yeah so yeah you keep wanting to just turn away from whatever this path is and yes it doesn't it doesn't um and go ahead no you go ahead well so yeah so so we're at this point now she's had the baby and she dies and ahmed takes the baby baby's gone Mm -hmm. so then the only thing left for perhan at this point is he he feels like he's got to find Denira, so he goes looking for her. Apparently, he spends four years looking for her. Yeah, and only finds her, sort of by happenstance, pretty much by running into her in Rome. Yep. And uh, and of course, it's a very happy reunion, which is nice because everything had taken such a sad turn a little while ago. Yeah. And then she reveals that she knows where his son is. So he yeah. says, "Oh well, take me to my son, and you know, let's find him." They find him. He gets uh, Perhan gets Perhan Junior. They're both named Perhan. <laughs> <laughs> Just a pair of Perhans, aren't they? Just a pair of Perhans. And then, uh, and 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 they get out of there. And so, so then Perhan says, in the next scene, Perhan is on a train with Denira and Perhan the second Esquire, mm-hmm. and. You know they're talking about I can't remember. What, oh, they're talking about oh that he he needs to buy a gift for the grandmother. Uh, Denira uh, suggests sponges, which I, I wasn't clear on exactly. But sponges, sponges sound yeah, good. Yeah, why not? It's good. And for then cleaning. he he wants to buy an accordion for Perhan, so he says, "Well, I'm going to get off the train. If I don't make it back in time, you guys go on ahead, and uh, and I'll meet you there." And I think we all know that it's not going to happen, including Perhan Jr. Yeah. Yeah, the little boy. Oh man, oh yeah, god. I know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, killer performance from a little kid. Great. Yeah, right? yeah, fantastic. Crying, yeah. and he says, "I'm mad at you because I know you're not going to come back." And he says, oh, "I'm going to come back. Cross my gypsy heart." He says. Yep. And then, but immediately runs out because what's he going to do, Sean? That's right. Uh, he's going to get. <laughs> he's not going to take care of Pierhon Junior. No. He's going to take care of Ahmed. 
Yeah. For all that, all the wrongs that have befallen him. So and his sister. Uh, yeah. So he goes to the wedding. Goes to the wedding where Ahmed, Ahmed is, finally is got his a new <laughs> wife. Yeah. <laughs> that old one was just yeah. She just wasn't cutting it. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, oh, uh, again, yeah. Just with the 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 marital strife in this movie. Constantly, just uh, yeah. There's no importance there. So anyway, so he, so he goes there. Uh, he finds Irfan outside and offers him, I guess, cigarettes to to sort of help him, you know, yeah. stand stand guard, basically watch out, watch his back. And uh, yeah, so Perhan goes in, is caught by one of Ahmed's goons and taken to Ahmed uh, at, at gunpoint. Yep. And uh, Perhan pretends that he's there to to beg his forgiveness. Pledges allegiance, yep. Yeah, says, Let oh, you know, kill me or take me back or kill me. And uh, Ahmed says, ah, you know, go go enjoy yourself at the wedding, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, Perhan goes to a table, sits by himself, picks up a fork, puts it down on the table. Then the fork raises up into the air and then shoots across the tent right into Ahmed's jugular. Yep. Very disturbing. All hell breaks loose. All I like to say heck. Sorry. All that's all right. All heck Heck. breaks loose. What's that? Heck. I'm sorry. (laughs) Pronunciation is heck. Uh, Breaks loose and uh, people are chasing uh, Perhan around, uh, and and he uh, he gets away from one of them by by apparently shoving his face in a pie, which I thought was a particularly Three Stooges like way to get away from. Someone with a Classic. gun, yeah. but uh, but it was very effective. And then, uh, what, what I believe he grabs a knife and he runs out because uh, one of the brothers, I can't remember if it was Saddam. Saddam was in the outhouse, I think. Yeah, Saddam the was in the outhouse. So he, he runs out to the outhouse where Saddam is, opens the door, and gives Saddam a couple stabs. Now this is pretty intense stuff. Yeah, as you would imagine. And we quickly very, shift uh, gears. Yeah. We very quickly shift gears because then S- Saddam, inside this outhouse, this outhouse starts bumbling around. It's, <laughs> it's like taking off its foundations and bumbling around, and then he falls over. Yeah. Uh, which, which, which calls back these other bits where people are inside of cardboard boxes. I love uh, it. Yeah, I love those shots. Yeah, where they where they they put a cardboard box over themselves, and you just see the cardboard box sort of moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, Kids usually, yes. Yeah, but then, but Perhan does it. Perhan takes right? a bullet. Yeah, and uh, Irfan uh, helps him run away, but Perhan is is tracked down by the wife, the new wife of Ahmed. Who mm-hmm. guns him down? And then he falls into a, a train full of, full uh, of like a train mulch, car full of looks like mulch. Could be. I don't know. Kind of look. Or no, there were there was like gravel. It was like stone. Okay, yeah. Falls on gravel and he sees a, a bird flying above him. Oh yeah, I forgot about that bird. Yeah, the bird is is the turkey, isn't it? It was a turkey. At first, I thought it was a dove. Yes. It's like a white turkey. It was like an animated turkey, I think. Yeah. So, pretty impressive, pretty yeah. impressive stuff. I mean, that's a big death scene for it's a, a guy big who started out selling limestone and playing the accordion. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, all that stuff is like, yeah, it's like grand drama, you know. But uh, on its own, I think those are all like fascinating moments, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, not where I expect. I mean, it would be interesting to watch this again now that I know what it's going that route. Yeah. Because it's again, it's just not what I expected. Per well, se. And I wonder because I feel exactly the same way you do, and I'm just wondering: does it yeah. have anything to do with, like, was I just greedy for more, just wonders that I'd never seen before? Like, I just I want someone to raise another house, you know, the, like the, the equivalent yeah. of that, instead of it actually. I just say um, I'm getting my revenge on people. Like, I just yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think maybe greedy for the lighter and sure. more comedic stuff. Sure. Which I thought was so good. Um, maybe then then this heavy stuff, but uh, 
Yeah, on the whole, you know, you you get the funeral back in Yugoslavia. Mm -hmm. uh, The Meritzan character, Pirhan Jr., is there, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. and steals the coins off of the eyes. Off of Pirhan's eyes. That was Pirhan Jr., right? Yeah, Yeah, off of Pirhan's eyes at the wake. And, uh, yeah, last shot is is of Meritzan, like walking off into the distance. Yeah. A bit of freeze frame action there. Uh, Another very, yeah, a really interesting way to end it. And not a hundred percent sure what we were talking about there. No, I'm not either. Yeah. Except, I guess the closest I came myself was, so he's he's the only one who sees Perhan Junior steal the coins off of Perhan's eyes, right? Then Perhan yep. Junior runs out, puts a cardboard box over himself, <laughs> yep, and and tries to make his getaway <laughs> as you would do. <laughs> then Merdson comes running out, chasing him. He seems to like approve of the fact that Perhan Jr. took the coins. He seems kind of yeah, like come on. a good kid. He was probably thinking about it himself. I mean, exactly. let's be honest. And and so yeah, yeah part of me was wondering, yeah, was he going after the kid to get those coins? And then he looks off in the distance and he saw what I thought was a church. And then he goes running after it. He goes running off in the direction of that church. Yeah, and then, and then you're right. Friend. I forgot about the church. Uh huh. So was that actually him like choosing a different life? Maybe. That's a good way to read that, I think. Seems, but it, doesn't it seem odd that, that's, that that is the character decision you're left with? Well, and also, gr- it's, it's hard to uh, really trust that Merdson would choose a different, like maybe he would yeah. choose a different life for a couple of hours, but he's probably going to go back and sure. gamble. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it just felt like, oh, okay, that's a bit of a left turn there. And uh, somehow it feels of a piece mm-hmm. and yet I don't have a quite a good explanation for it no I, but, I gotta uh, say yeah there's there's so much at play here that I don't have any background on whatsoever yeah um, but I think that's okay I mean I think you're yeah. you know oh, you, it's easy I would to go dare with, say yeah easy to watch yeah, the, the movie the, without knowing all that stuff but yeah yeah and I would dare say that people even in within the region where this was filmed not all of them are gonna have a like a you know real knowledge of of the gypsy people and, and everything there too you right. know um, right so uh, you know I think it's supposed to be foreign to to all of us in a lot of ways but um, there's a lot of universal stuff as well and I don't know man again like I just uh, it's a big recommendation I think this is one of the one of the key movies that we've watched here probably. Yeah, this ding dang uh, podcast. Solid it definitely stuff. is, and I mean, it's it's so you really love these characters by the end. Uh, even yeah. even with the 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 bad stuff that uh, Perhan uh, puts himself through. Um, oh, Perhan! Which is why it pains me to say Perhan is no longer with us. Oh no! Yeah, the actor. Apparently died of a, a drug overdose in 1999. Oh, geez, that's bad news. Yeah, um, but much worse than that is. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, Can you bring me I'm down mad, any further? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring yes, you way, way down. So, so the movie came out 88 in Yugoslavia, 90 in, in the United States. So, a couple years later, in that region, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened. Uh, yeah, one one such thing being the Bosnian genocide, which yeah. uh, you know I, I had very choice. peripheral knowledge of, and I read up on today, and I won't uh, go into that very much. But uh, apparently, a good amount of this cast uh, didn't make it through that, uh, mainly because th- these are you know on some level these are the people who are being targeted. Yeah, this 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 uh, culture, uh, and also apparently, this movie stands, <laughs> th- and th- this is not this this is not as depressing. Okay, good. But but I because I, well, I was just I, well I was actually finding this out from from my buddy Miat, who suggested the movie, um, and it was just re- it was really like deepening the entire experience in a way I did not expect <laughs> at all. Yeah. But apparently, this is also. One of the very few movies, uh, I mean, uh, very few movies. It stands as a record of these pe- these people, the l- the language and the dialect. Yeah, Romani. 
Like yeah. there is no yeah. Um which I just find like so fascinating and and I mean it makes sense because again watching this movie from the beginning without knowing any of that with with barely honestly even knowing how to find Yugoslavia on a map and starting this off like it felt like you were in a world that existed but you had never seen before um like if you've seen it you've seen glimpses of it for instance i mean we definitely have i think uh romani uh gypsies here in dc uh on street corners every now and again and and it was kind of uh it was kind of funny to see there's a one part in the movie where ahmed is teaching someone how to walk as if they have some sort of uh, crippling uh, uh, defect in their legs. Uh, like teaching someone how to fake it. And I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that you'll see around here uh, in, in certain places. And and it was just like, yeah, I mean, this is, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. These, these are real people, even though this is this movie is, you know, has the magic realism bent uh-huh. to it and it can be really funny and, and really out there uh, it's it's so rooted in something real that you just there's no way you would have that experience like you no. you would never you would never just walk into this world you know what I mean in real life I feel like um, so unlikely yeah, so yeah again, I, I would quite I wonder if that's even you know if it's even still there now I mean like is there any sort of yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's what I'm trying to figure yeah. out is like how much. I mean, there, there's a large community here. Uh, apparently, there's a good million uh, Roma. I was trying to figure out exactly what the correct uh, uh, sure. jargon yeah. was when it came to uh, a large group of people. And sometimes it's, they seem to be uh, referred to as Roma. I, I have a lot to learn. But uh, like yes. a million here in the U.S., <laughs> uh, 800,000, I guess, in uh, South wow. America. Uh, or maybe just in Brazil. Anyway, there's there's a, a sizable amount of them, but but again, they, they tend to be nomadic anyway, so they tend yeah. to you know always be moving around. But but I mean, really fascinating. Like I'm going to be reading about this for days, uh, and and the movie is just it's a it's a real nice journey to go on. So I, I well, would recommend it. Well, uh, yeah, for sure. And one of the things that um, you might want to check out in your reading, and we'll, we'll maybe post a link to this as well, is um, I read the Roger Ebert interview today, and he actually sp- <laughs> spends a good portion of the interview or the review, excuse me, writing about um, a a beggar, a young girl that he saw routinely at the Cannes Film Festival over the years, yeah. and wondering, you know, and and her kind of like when he saw this movie immediately thinking of her actually and wondering if she actually saw it or not um and and just a kind of it's an interesting take i think um just you know the way he gets into the review there but um also i I think it's worth noting in our ridiculous pronunciations um some of that at least in my case influenced by borat which I, i i read at least according to the imdb trivia that in the movie Borat, every time there's mention of Pamela Anderson, which, you know, if you've seen the movie, she plays a big part in, um, they play the theme from Time of the Gypsies. Oh, no, really? <laughs> in the movie, yeah, I know, it's just crazy. Like, I, I can't, uh, well, I guess, yeah, I can kind of probably remember that theme a little bit, but, um, I'm dying to go watch that now and, and see if that's the case exactly. But um, that's amazing. A couple other little interesting things and notes that I found in my reading was a um, this was performed as an opera in 2007 in Paris, yeah. which actually the New York Times wrote about, which is where I f- saw the pronunciation. But um, it was interesting. Uh, Costa Rica is is quoted as saying that the opera of the film was uh, quote going to be how Monty Python could have imagined opera. Um, sometimes it's a parody of opera. Sometimes it's self parody. Apparently, there are projections of the actual movie itself during the opera and also clips from Taxi Driver for some reason. <laughs> so, sounded wow. really, really interesting. Uh, I also learned that Costa Rica, in the same article, um, has been a guitarist for a long time in this like punk band called... Um, oh, what the hell? Where is it? Hang on one second. Let me find the name because it's a good name. Uh, in a punk... Excuse me. 
punk techno rock group called the No Smoking Orchestra. Great name. <laughs> great name. Um, a quote from IMDb from him on Time of the Gypsies was that he was trying to make a movie between Louis Bunuel and John Ford, which maybe makes sense in my head, I although I don't that. know. Yeah. I struggle with that a little bit, but maybe. There's some big landscapes in this. And also, Craig, you haven't seen anything else from this director, right? Not yet. Do you know about Arizona Dream? Have you heard of that? I have, but okay. take it away. I think, yeah, because I, I had yeah. no idea that existed. I uh, yeah. Neither did I. Immediately interested. Mm-hmm. I think this was his first English-language film that he made. 1993... I'll just tell you the cast. I mean, you're not going to need to know anything else. Johnny Depp, Jerry Lewis, yeah, Faye Dunaway, Lily Taylor, Vincent Gallo, Paulina Poroskova. I feel like we got to watch this. <laughs> yeah, distributed by Warner Brothers. I can't imagine. I've never heard this brought up in any no any kind of uh, discussion. And uh, this clearly was in the 1990s independent film world. So, uh, yeah, if anybody's seen that, let us know. If not, it's definitely on our radar. And maybe we'll have to check that out at some point. For sure. Revisit yeah. a filmmaker for the first time. Because that's pretty fascinating cast right there. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it is. And, and I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm going to be going through all of this stuff pretty soon. Yeah. Because the more I read yeah. about these movies, the, the better it sounds. And I can't believe it's, it's really taken me this long to, to get on board. Well, you know, uh, maybe if Matt suggests a movie now, like 15 years from now, we'll find something else that's awesome. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I'll, I'll Thanks, ask Matt. him for a 15-year uh, uh, <laughs> recommendation. It's like fine wine. Only it's better. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Time of the Gypsies, if you want to watch it, and obviously we think you should, Go look online. It's it's streaming in a lot of places. I got it on Google Play. I know it's on Amazon, iTunes, etc. Uh, I should say I rented the the SD copy just on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've discussed recently, nobody watches their TV anymore, so why, why should I? Oh, thank you. Um, I thought it looked fantastic. I mean, it I did. was really I was surprised, surprised. how good that looked. Um, yeah, a really strong transfer, I think, even in the SD version. So no hesitations there. Um, I'm sure the HD looks just as good and would love to see it um, on a much larger screen at some point in the future. Yeah, me too. So, uh, Craig, thanks for bringing this to my attention and I'm sure a lot of our listeners' attention as well. Uh, well, you're very welcome, Sean. I hope everyone enjoys it and has enjoyed this podcast as well. Yes. Um, come back next time. We'll have another mini episode and we'll talk about what we're going to uh, discuss in a future episode with then and uh, yeah keep checking out those back episodes if you're not caught up no big deal but we've had some some good ones lately and that's always that's always nice we're finding some good movies this is great it's a good way to push through spring here and get us into summer um, Craig you want to have the last words tonight I do my last words are from the uh, American philosopher uh, Abraham Lincoln oh wow who said and I quote, uh, he said, Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Let's all think about that. <laughs>